We recently spoke about Street Fighter 4's biggest blunders, but now it's Street Fighter 5's turn. What were the five most egregious errors Capcom made over SF5's lifespan thus far? We recently spoke about Street Fighter 4's biggest blunders, but now it's Street Fighter 5's turn. Which were the five most egregious errors Capcom made over SF5's life thus far? Plus, Catalyst considers what playing Street Fighter 6 on PC versus on consoles might look like, and which route will likely be better, all on this week's episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. So last night, I made a delicious chicken... Uh, I don't even know what to call it. Barbecue bacon cheese bake thing that I made in the uh, in the oven, um, and I did it all myself. Usually, Brittany and I powwow. I did this all myself. I made the uh, all, everything, and I took it out of the oven after about half an hour, which I figured was about right. Cut into it, and it was not even close to being done. And I was a little bit nervous because I was like, "Well, there's a lot of other you know components of all this. It's not just the chicken, which is the main thing you want to make sure is done." So I sent it back in the oven for another like fifty. 15, 20 minutes, which was like half the time that I had already put it in. Kind of worried about it, but it came out absolutely perfectly. Everything oh. sort of just glazed together and like permeated into the chicken. It was it was delicious. Right. It was John. I got to cut you off right now. Did your wife, when you fed her this meal, did she say this is absolutely perfect, or did she say this is good? Oh, she said it was. It was. She didn't say absolutely perfect, but she said it was awesome. Okay. And, hey. All right. All right. You, yeah. You and and so, she, yeah. she said it right. of her own accord. She wasn't. She yeah. didn't wait for me to oh, be yeah. like asking her about it. Right. Um, and so and so like I I was experiencing in that moment kind of the feeling of oh I really want to 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 take this out because I don't want the rest of it to burn, but you know I also need to make sure that the the most important part of it is done. And that translates pretty well as I was thinking about it this morning to one of the things I want to talk about this week which are the five biggest blunders of Street Fighter V's life. This is something that we've definitely documented both on the podcast and on the Event Hub's front page, no doubt. And uh, it's it's in a little bit of a way, it's, it could be a little bit tired of an idea, but it's also worth revisiting because we are now getting into this mentality of what do we want to do for SF6? We've talked about that a handful of times and remembering the hiccups, remembering the issues that happened before so that we do not repeat them is an important thing. And so if these shortcomings are floating around in the community mind, floating around in developers' minds, I think that's a good thing for us right now is for us to be fairly aware. And so... I want to jump into the five biggest blunders that I think Street Fighter V went through over the course of its life. Uh, I, I suppose it's Capcom that made these blunders. And the first one is a rushed launch. They did not let Street Fighter V bake in the oven long enough. And they launched what ended up being a 60, maybe 70% completed game in 2016 for its first year. And... I think um, a lot of the other things that I'm going to bring up here are likely results or caused, at, at least in no small part, by the fact that this game came out too early. And it, man, if there's one thing that I can hope for for Street Fighter VI is it that they take their time, and I do think that that's what they're doing. But I want to revisit from the very beginning the rush launch. So we jump back to February 2016. Man, come hell or high water, they were going to launch SF5 on February 16th. And uh, and they did. 
And, you know, they didn't officially say it. In fact, I think Ono said there were more than just this reason as to why they did it. But it was essentially, you got your Capcom Pro Tour. It runs from March to December. And if they don't get this game out in February, they're going to have to wait a whole other year before Street Fighter V can be on the Pro Tour. Not that Street Fighter IV didn't have enough juice left in it at that point to carry another year on the Pro Tour. But they decided to put this game out without an arcade mode, without a story mode, without a store, where survival was your only single player mode that was worth a damn and it really wasn't worth a damn. It was incredibly frustrating and a slog and it could it could eat up half an hour, 45 minutes of your time and give you nothing because it was the only way you could get uh, costume colors for your characters and you'd have to play through it not every just not every character but every character and in their individual costumes every time they had a new costume you had to play through survival again and try to get the uh the colors it was just oh it was not a fun experience and um i wanted to turn it over to you really quick do you remember your initial thoughts your feelings through the first couple weeks first couple months of street fighter 5 after launch I was in a good mood. I'm ready to start the podcast. And now you're like, here, let me make you revisit all this like hell and crap. You knew what we were going to talk about today. I mean, (laughs) I I feel like that's on you. (laughs) uh, You just made me feel crappy now. Like, but yeah, it was, it was just, what the hell is this? I tried to make the best of it, but there was like virtually nothing to do, but play online. You couldn't play. You could not play. I was reminded when I was doing some research about this, that you couldn't even play against a computer in a two out of three rounds. You could you could activate the computer in like training mode, but you could not even play against a computer as far as I recall, as far as my YouTube research uh, uh, brings up. And it's like, what what is this? What is yeah. this? It's clearly not finished, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, the, the, the thumbs up stuff, it was a great indicator of that at tournaments. It's like, hey, is it, are both people ready? And it's like, Capcom, like you, this is like, how did you make this mistake again? Like this has hadn't been, you know, an issue for what decades and they brought it back. They're like, oh, well, let's mess this up. Like one person controls the everything it just it was oh, the so two player rematch not existing yeah. it was just it was an atrocious game from the get-go mm-hmm. uh, the gameplay though was one thing that many people you know ign a bunch of other reviewers that commented on said the gameplay was great but almost everything else was really bad yeah, um, I, it, yeah. it was like it for a lot of people it took until 2018 two years later where an arcade edition dropped where they where people were saying yeah i think this game is complete now but it was so tumultuous. They expected to sell 2 million copies in their first year. They ended up selling 1.4, another indicator of, of how people took this whole thing. And, you know, I don't want to harp on them for balance because vanilla versions of fighting games always have balance problems. Of It's like almost a given. But there are some things about it that you should know just from having been developing fighting games for almost 30 years at this point that things like anti-air jabs shouldn't be the a thing and the amount of man the amount of offense that that kind of gets into the balance thing we'll talk about that in a little bit later um that was kind of an issue i don't fault them too hard in this category for that but then like throw loops they were trying to get away from vortexy set play and yet throw loops were a big part of the game uh what's going on here so oh and by the way you could go online and play but no rage quit system so the quality assurance just was not there and the big takeaway i have to, to to think here is how many people was this their first impression of a lot because you're going to get a game when it first comes out there's a lot of hype around it how many people tested street fighter at this point street fighter 5 and said oh i'm not playing this and walked away and never came back never gave it a second chance and they would have been 
part of the crowd that played. They would have encouraged their friends and their family members to get the game had they gotten on board a little bit later when the game was more developed. It's like, you better put out, it doesn't have to be a perfect product at launch, especially if these games are as a service and you can continue to develop them. But man, you got to wonder, you missed out on a huge part of your potential player base by having such a shoddy product come out and uh, be what it was for so yeah. long. The worst fighting game AAA launch in maybe decades. Uh, I cannot think of a worse launch than this one. Street Fighter Cross Tekken was up there. Uh, that one was definitely up there, but I, I think Street Fighter Five is number one. Well, uh, what about Infinite? Yeah, yeah I'd take I'd, I'd take Street Fighter Five being worse because uh, Infinite actually had a full on story mode and a bunch of other. Stuff it maybe had other problems. Yeah, outside it, of the, it had the launch. A, it, it, but you know the launch roster and stuff. But man, I, I think Street Fighter Five is the worst. But man, it's but it also is proof that you can recover. You know the games ended up in a good spot mm -hmm. now. <laughs> yeah. Knock on wood. Um, but yeah, I, and and like I I'm, I want to move on here, but I also want to ask people like I'm sure I've missed a handful of things that could be brought up in this particular conversation about a rush launch. So please, if you have them, comment below and let us know what stuff did I miss about Street Fighter Five's launch because I'm sure there are more than a few. Uh, next thing up, input delay. Uh, is this was this just a massive oversight was it yet another uh, what would you say artifact um, of of this or a symptom of rushing the game out that they didn't realize that there was an eight frame input delay when usually in fighting games the accepted amount is somewhere around four or five frames I, I, I'm this doesn't make sense to me that this would seem okay to Capcom. Or do we think it was intentional that they were like, well, if there's input delay, then it somehow kind of cinches up the, the disparity between online and offline because you have this natural feeling of delay. Although when you go online, you're going to have that plus any delay that, that the latency causes. I don't get it. But I wanted to, before I go too much into this, ask you, what do you think? Do you think this was on purpose or do you think this was uh, just total missing of the, of the mark? It was mostly the Unreal Engine. Uh, that was something that almost every game had issues with. Uh, and, you know, Epic put out a patch to fix input delay, and that was a big deal. Um, but a lot of input delay issues were not exclusive to Capcom, but the FGC made such a big deal about this. A lot of games went back and tightened it up. Uh, Tekken mm. did that. Um, so you could actually thank Capcom for botching input delay for getting it fixed probably community-wide because a lot of people, they're like, well, they, people really hate this, so let's not do this. And I mean, I think with Samurai Showdown, uh, like it, it like it had like eight frames of input delay initially too. And, and the community was like, no, you know, kind of thing. And they went back and fixed it and like it, it happened quickly. So um, yeah, but that was not a good look. Well, it, it was kind of widely discovered and, and um, I think promulgated by, was it Display Lag and Forwood who, who sort of... Um, investigated and researched this stuff and, and had the technology to really trace it and show people what the results were. Mm -hmm. And that kind of popped up as common knowledge in around May. So two, maybe three months after the game initially came out, everybody knew. And almost every conversation about the game had the asterisk of, oh yeah, but also input lag. And yeah. by extension, every time somebody lost they could go, oh, but input lag. And that's not to mm -hmm. say that input lag was the, dis like, it caused everyone who was going to lose to win or vice versa or anything like that. But the fact of the matter is, this is how your player base feels about your game. They, they, it, it's going to, there's an impassable layer of invalidity or, or just that takes the validity out of it. And when you have everyone playing it or the majority of people playing it, thinking about that every time they play around, it's like, that is not a good experience to have. And that's why I put that on this list um, as a standalone also, mark. 
I love it because of the option select. It's it's one. It, I just love not having to own any blame whatsoever. It's all the game's fault that I lost. So mm-hmm. the FGC, if you give them anything, they're gonna. If you give them an inch of it's not their it's not their problem. It's someone else's. They're gonna take a mile. So. Well, it was fixed a little bit, uh, down from almost eight frames to about six frames, and then fixed further in October of 2018 when it was finally reduced to just about four frames. Um, but for the fact that it took that long, was like, ugh, you're just driving with the e-brake on the entire time up until that point. So and it was, not a good. It was look. fixed a lot more when people went to PC, John. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Okay, number three, robbery. Uh, robbery has been an issue, and this is getting much more into the gameplay side of things, where it can just take the the core thing that most people that sit down to play Street Fighter are sitting down to experience is this back and forth, this competitive puzzle solving against somebody else in real time, and it was watering that down because the offense was so heavy, and, and a big part of this was V-Triggers specifically, which is uh, why the characters that are in the little uh, the little image accompanying this uh, are the characters. But uh, it was more than that because it was also the amount of damage output, especially early on, which it tends to be a thing for fighting games. Sure, in the vanilla version, it's always higher damage than it than later versions. It seems, but it came down to there are so many facets that go into a, a fighting games back and forth. And when offense is this powerful and when certain V triggers are this powerful, then the whole thing becomes so much more about those as the deciding variables and the deciding factors. And it makes it just single faceted when you could have so much more nuance to things. And that's very, very frustrating to lose too, because you feel like you don't have the tools. You don't have the, the, the necessary resources to put up a good fight. And then when you win with it, it's, it's fun to win. Sure. But it also takes something out of that. There's just no way it doesn't because you know, if, if you don't have to work that hard, you're not going to feel as good as accomplished um, uh, when you actually achieve the goal. And so as as bad as this was, you know, where it would just come down to, in season two, it was like the likes of Yuri and Laura and Balrog were the big ones. But mm-hmm. <laughs> don't forget about Armika and her V-Trigger and her set play in the corner. Um, Nikali, I mean, you guys talk about how uh, how gnarly it was to play against a Nikali back when he was a character that people used sometimes. Uh, it was, it was pretty bad. M. Bison was definitely up there where the whole game just became about, oh, here comes crush counter. And when you pair that up with the fact that there were those eight frames of delay and the crush counter system and the high priority of heavy moves, it's like, why would I use these medium and light attacks when I can just throw hail Marys out there? And it's like, yeah, you might hit me a few times. It's hard to, because, uh, input delay nerfs reactions, but yeah, you might hit me a few times, but that one time I get you, and especially if you've hit me a few times and I have V-Trigger, oh, it's on now. And it's into a, a difficult reset that if you get hit there, stunned into death. No fun, no bueno. Robbery, not a good thing. Um, we've talked about robbery, though, in the past, you and I, and a lot of times the conversation has been a little more split. It's not, you know, I know you don't like robbery. I know you think it's something of a black eye on the game, but it doesn't seem like it has been as much to you as it has to me. So in all of this that I've said here, do you agree with everything or is there a little bit of a hesitation to it? I'll clarify that. I actually really like robbery, but I don't like it when everyone is a robbery character and that it just dominates the game. Uh, you need characters like Kabuki and other stuff in the game. Uh, those are your, your flashy, you know, spicy characters. And I always respect those characters being in there. And as long as they have to set it up, as long as they have to earn their wins to some degree. Uh, if it's, a, you know, a free thing uh, like Balrog was in season two where he was 
one of the more dumb characters I've seen. It, it, that's the stuff I hate. Um, but robbery in general is totally fine. Like it's a you know it's a grappler style. It's a bunch of styles and stuff. I think it's good. But uh, where the game was compared to where it is now is a night and day difference. And Capcom really botched it because they need to look a little carefully more at like what title is on their game and. Oh, Note that it says Marvel. Street Fighter. Yeah, well, it doesn't say Marvel. It says Street Fighter. And, and like Street Fighter is known for set plays, for some footsies, for some back and forth. And I get that in this day and age, you're going to want to have more offense. You and I have talked about that. That's fine. But where I really took issue with this game is it did not have enough set play initially. You know, there was, uh, it was like the characters that I just mentioned, but then in season three, you remember you had Abigail, you remember what Abigail was doing to people. And then you had Manat with her. It wasn't easy to do, albeit, but that V trigger could just open people up and then combo for forever into super. And then, uh, in season, I guess, technically it's season three towards the end G comes out. And then in the next year, it's just like, oh my gosh, G is just defined by his V trigger and frustrated yeah. people left and right. I still have some uh, some nightmares coming from that time. So um, I, all that to say that the game isn't perfect on this front right now, but it has heavily been balanced, and and I do appreciate all the progress. Let's hope that when Street Fighter Six rolls around, they can pick up to be a little closer to the balance that we see now, and not have to like essentially climb that mountain once again from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, it's I would I would place a good bet that that Street Fighter Six is going to be more offense and defense because the history of Street Fighter games that are more defense and offense is not good, and uh, in terms of sales and performance and stuff, it's um, that's going to be the disposition. But I hope that Capcom finds a more happy medium. Mm. All right, number four, crap communication. Uh, gosh, so Street Fighter Five was a new venture for Capcom fighting games in that it was going to be a and it was and it is a game as a service, implying that. We're going to launch the game, you're going to pay us 60 bucks for it, and you're going to have it, but we are then going to continue to develop it, add new characters, add new content, and you are going to continue to play it and give us more money for it. When that's the case, you need to, it, there's an implied relationship that you're going to have and a certain amount of communication, because what is a relationship without communication, between developers and the players. And when this game first came out, again, the, I can only imagine what the Capcom development team was going through trying to play catch up and get their full game out there for this first year, first two years or so. And But it seemed like the communication with the people took a hit, either because they just didn't have feel like they have time to send out updates or because they didn't know themselves because they were in such chaos. I don't know. Either way, it wasn't a good look for the first year. It's like, when's this coming out? When's that coming out? A lot of that was stuff that was expected. Like, when's the story mode that the game should have launched with? When's arcade mode going to come? And some of it came, some of it didn't. Some of it was messaged about eventually. Some of it wasn't. But it felt very frustrating. And then you jump into season two and they want us to buy the character season pass for something like 30 bucks for another five characters beyond Akuma because we already knew who he was right at the end of season one. And they said, well, none of these characters are going to be characters that have been playable in Street Fighter games before, meaning some of them probably brand new, but we had nothing to, to go off of and Capcom just wanted us to send their money or send our money in for these characters that we didn't even know. And like, sure, the most competitive are like, well, I'm going to get these no matter what because I need to know how to play with and, and as and against every character but for a lot of people and you're like you got to sell me on this stuff you've got to have mm -hmm. a relationship with me you've got to be you know sending hype my way give me a reason to continually get excited and you got to uh, preheat just, the oven before you put the turkey in smart smart and or chicken mm -hmm. um 
I will ask you though, because like, uh, well, okay, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself actually. So season one and two was pretty bad. Season three, it felt like they turned over a new leaf when they announced Arcade Edition. It's like okay, they've been hearing us complain. They're like, here are the characters. Here's upfront a lot of the information. And we're like, okay, they've turned over a new leaf. Season four rolls around and we get Kage and then we get, we're going to do things differently with the, the infamous doing things differently. Uh, and you know, when something is infamous, it's so famous that it's infamous. Uh, but it, this was maybe the worst time when it came to communication from Capcom and fans, because it was almost eight months of just radio silence. And we were like, is the game continuing? Are they developing more content? Should we be planning to be playing this game further into the future? Should we be kind of like slowing up? Uh, are, are you guys jumping off the train? Is this the end of development? We don't know. And when your game is as a service, that should never be a place where, where your community and where your fans and where your players are at. But I say all that to say... I also think that this has turned around perhaps more permanently, and I wanted to ask you if you were feeling the same way. Yeah, they, the the summer winter updates that they do um, with the you know the the two heads of Street Fighter Five they're wonderful, mm-hmm. and uh, they've hired a new um, Dan. Uh, he's uh, um, the social media manager. He does a great job. Uh, they actually have people in place now, and that's one of the major factors of why Street Fighter Four season or Street Fighter Five season four was so bad is that they had lost a lot of you know major staff members who had done great work on their games, not only Street Fighter but other stuff at Capcom, and they were out the door. And this was also Capcom was unsure if they were going to pivot right after season four to Street Fighter six. Uh, they were trying to kind of get rid of the game and they were stuck in limbo a little bit, uh, wondering, you know, if they were going to go right to PS5 or, you know, uh, the Xbox Series X. Um, and we can see now that would have been a disaster if they did that because of the lack of consoles and all that kind of stuff. They made the right choice sticking with Street Fighter five, especially because, you know, Rose got into the game. That's definitely a big <laughs> thing. But um, well, either way, fa- fair enough, like life happens and people know life happens happens tell us and you don't have to tell us everything you don't have to give us a you know a a a like a camera inside of capcom's offices so we get to sit in on every meeting but give us an idea don't give us eight months of radio silence and we'll see yep it was uh it was probably it's it's how many blunders capcom has had it's amazing that this one like it was unavoidable and it's basically inexcusable. And I, I just, I, I can't believe how bad this one was and it should never, ever, ever happen again. Like it's just completely inexcusable, but there this it is. next one too is as, oh, as I see it is inexcusable. Um, <laughs> but I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure that I can appreciate how severe this is. It sounds really bad to me. And I want to ask you uh, as someone who's a little more techie <laughs> than than I am, uh, but it's the rootkit. I, I, I want to put it out there. It's the rootkit. Came about in September of 2016 with the Urian update. Um, let me see if I can put this into kind of layman's terms, because uh, because I mean, <laughs> from someone who doesn't fully understand all the inner workings, the idea here was that Capcom wanted to put in some coding that would allow Street Fighter to um, to kind of. Uh, uh, well, it, it was basically a backdoor to some of the most intricate processes on your PC. And the way it was coded was to essentially let Street Fighter, the program, uh, operate there. But it was so shoddily done that any little malware or any other program that may or may not be floating around on someone's PC could also use this to access kernel-level access, which means, like, basically God mode uh, um entry or god mode access to stuff uh could get into the back door of your pc and could do whatever they want and fiddle around with some of the most important processes that go on 
And that's just like, hey, hey, player base, we've made it so that you're completely exposed to thieves, completely exposed to, to those that would do you harm when it comes to your PC. Is that about right? Or can, can you explain it in a good way? It, it, I mean, it, it could have been that. Uh, no, they removed it right away. I, I don't know exactly what it did. Uh, in, in some things, like when you have a virus scanner like labeled as like a root kit, when it's actually, you know, only 50% of a root kit, regardless of whatever this was and exactly what it did, it was an awful look it's like oh hey guess what you're basically installing a virus when you install you know street fighter 5 go ahead and have fun with that and, and it's just like what you know and thank goodness they patched it out very quickly but but this was one of the dumbest decisions they've ever made yeah do i sound like a broken record do, do we just need to like we're you know, talking about the yeah. biggest blunders man yeah, so, so I but mean, would you have put this on your on your top oh, five yeah. this is okay. this is this might have been my absolute number one thing like this is and it, it's hard it's hard to argue it's so egregious it's like what why like it's why? a bad level it's it's like again it feels like it was probably rushed again this was in the first year of sf5 so they're playing catch up in a lot of ways uh but it's just not professional and if you're a triple a if you're street fighter if you're capcom you shouldn't be known as the people that basically go to your your fans and your your fan base's houses and unlock their back doors and tell everybody in the neighborhood that this door is unlocked you know so yep. Ugh. Well, okay. So Street Fighter has gotten to a much better place. Capcom has gotten to a much better place in their fighting game uh, genre, or genre. Their fighting game. Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's too early in the morning. Division. Yes. And uh, and I am excited, and I think that we will not see another repeat, at least not in the super near future of this kind of a thing. Uh, there's one other honorable mention that I wanted to bring up and and there's a reason why I didn't include it that is to uh, get in bed specifically with Sony and uh, the reason I don't bring it up is not because I don't think it did it was detrimental to Street Fighter and and I think to the fighting game genre in some ways because you know ask uh, Killer Instinct fans um, but you know you could only play Street Fighter 5 on the PlayStation or on PC not on Xbox, but I think the reason for that was because Capcom was already sort of backed into a corner financially and either needed to make this deal or Street Fighter V probably wouldn't have happened. So the finger pointing is probably a little earlier in the timeline where you maybe made some bad decisions with a game like Street Fighter Cross Tekken and that made it so that you had to make this kind of a deal. Um, so that's why I didn't include it on the list, but I do have it as an honorable mention. And it seems to me, with some of the notes I have here, that it might, uh, it might be something that you're more interested in talking about. Yeah, it's uh, it, revisiting history there. Capcom was like super cash strapped when they got into bed with Sony. Um, and it's still, we're still feeling the effects of that right now. Uh, I mean, this is back in 2014. And when this went down, I think somewhere around there, and Capcom had just released, you know, Street Fighter Cross Tekken, Ultimate Marvel had been kind of mixed, all this kind of stuff. And beggars can't be choosers, as they say, right? And so yeah. Sony's like, here's a bunch of money. Capcom's like, we need this. Here you go. Street Fighter Five's exclusive to you. And uh, yeah, yeah. So speaking of that, I want to talk about John. Will Street Fighter Six be best on PC? Will it be there the it best way to play it? Because you know, it's we we've gotten used to playing on Sony. We've gotten used to playing on Microsoft. I want to you know be people to weigh in on this. So, but Street Fighter Six is coming. It's likely going to be announced in early 2022. That's less than half a year away. And I wanted to start priming the community on what they can expect from the game. Uh, a lot of people are going to be buying hardware this holiday season, whether that's, you know, a new console or PC parts or whatever. I wanted to give them an idea of, of what they should be looking to buy based on what kind of experience they might want to have. So first thing here is, is PC is now Capcom's number one platform. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Hell has frozen over. Never thought I'd see this day, but here we are now. Um, they said that they're going to be focusing on the PC and, and they're generating enough sales now to justify this. So, and, and for people who don't know, porting from PC to consoles is not a bad thing at all. That's how a lot of games are done, uh, especially with how, you know, consoles work. They're basically just a PC in this day and age. So if the PC is your main platform and then you kind of port it to other, you know, uh, other things, that's not bad. It's not a bad way to go about it. So the best experience right now can be had uh, with Street Fighter V on PC for a variety of reasons. And this is a trend I expect to see continue because it's that way for most gaming titles out there. Um, but John, like not only is this a, like you, you play on PC now mm-hmm. and, and Capcom's like, okay, we're, we're moving in this direction. I know you played mostly on consoles before. How does this news like impact you? Like, how do you feel like with Capcom saying that they're going to go this way? I do think that uh, from what we've seen so far, that you're right, that PC is the best. Now, there's a lot of, I should say specifically, is the best way of playing fighting games as we know it today. Um, now, there are some some hesitancies, right? Because it's it's not just when you get a PC, it's usually not just to play a fighting game or play a fighting game online for. And so there are other reasons that you might get held back with you know things like the price and stuff like that. Um, but when you say that, like, this is the direction Capcom is going in the first thing, the first thing that I think of is like, well, great, because I think that's ultimately better. But then what about like all the hesitancies and the hiccups and stuff that PC has, has posed for people. And I remember playing in Wednesday night fights and having, uh, went back when that was PC four, five, six years ago, um, street fighter four and the issues that happened there. I'm encouraged by this news that Capcom wants to specifically go in this direction because if they have this as as a honed in specific goal, then I bet you a lot of the issues like, oh, will people's uh, fight sticks be able to connect and will the game pick them up and and all those kind of little problems that we saw kind of come up with and this has been tried in the past, at least for tournaments and such, will probably be fixed or attended to or at least have more immediate and obvious solutions for. So the fact that Capcom has their eyes set on this is actually a very, very encouraging thing. The transition might be a little rough, uh, but if you have Capcom kind of with its machete out there cutting down, bushwhacking for us, I think that's a good place to be. Yeah. And this does not mean you can't buy a console and have a solid experience there. Uh, You might be just fine playing on Sony or Microsoft's hardware um, if you don't care about having the best experience. But for some people, you know, the best, the, the, you know, best you can get is a big deal. Uh, And that leads right into number two. uh, You get what you pay for. That's the old adage, right? If you're willing to put down some serious cash, there's just simply no way the consoles can keep up. Um, that's pretty much always been the case and will be for the foreseeable future. You know, if having a top of the line fighting game experience is worth the 1,000, 1,500 or maybe more with GPU prices right now, uh, to gamers, that's quite another story because you're paying double, triple, maybe more, you know, to get that experience. Do you want to put that much money into it? And, and John, I know you really recently entered the, uh, the PC gaming thing. Like, you know, for you were console for a long time, but you're like, Hey, mm-hmm. let me make this jump. It helps with work. It helps with that. Do you regret doing that? Or do you think that was a good investment for you? It's absolutely a good investment. Now, again, when we talk about this idea, we're usually talking about it with like, well, the highest priority is playing a fighting game effectively on it. And when someone decides to buy a PC or a console, almost none of them are going to use that as the the heaviest weight that goes on the balance scales when they're trying to make a decision, right? So it's kind of difficult to, to operate around these particular terms when you're trying to talk about 
or, or encourage people potentially in one direction or another. Um, that said, if you think about it big picture, all the things that a PC can do for you and all of the other gaming beyond fighting games that you can that you can access, like I don't play as many different kinds of games as I used to when I was a kid now, but I know that if I want to play the new Resident Evil, it's probably going to be on PC and I can get that. And that's just that's a particular title that I want to make sure that I can I can play or have the opportunity to uh, to get to if I want. And um, so so the all the different things that PC affords you, though, it's like you can use a PC for so much in your everyday life that you would want to consider those as well when you are thinking about doing this and um, and really look at the big picture. And the fact that it also helps out with fighting games in the way that it does, it's like that's that's kind of a cherry on top, a particularly important cherry when you're someone like us. Um, but yeah, um, so ultimately, no, I've been or ultimately, yes, I've been very happy that I've, I've got the PC. I've used it for much more than just playing fighting games. But my fighting game experience is light years better, light years uh, more advanced. And I look back uh, with a very snobby, snobbish attitude towards playing on Sony now. And anytime I do, I always make a, a remark about, oh, I'll be back. I'm going to go get a, a beer at the bar while the game loads up. And like, that's not even really a joke. You kind of have time to do that kind of a thing. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with my call. Yeah, so, um, you know, PC is much better, and you can check out all of our affiliate links below in the description. We get 120% of the money that goes there if you guys want to do that. I'm kidding. We we don't have affiliate links in here. We just, again, we believe in doing this stuff. It's, uh, and of course, you know, point your, your you know, wife, girlfriend, grandparents, you know, parents, whatever, to this video and let them know, hey, Event Hub's told me I need to buy a PC for all these other reasons, and boom, we got your back here. Uh, we got, but... Someone who maybe doesn't necessarily have your back when it comes to fighting games is Sony consoles because input delay and systems not being able to keep up with the games is kind of a running theme on the PlayStation platform clear back since 2006. I'm not saying Microsoft's platforms are perfect, but input delay and like systems overheating and chugging along at poor frame rates have been a consistent issue on Sony's hardware throughout the years. Um, input delay is definitely going to be a thing on PlayStation 5 yet once again because Sony did not invest in proper architecture to avoid this. Uh, that said, how Weird. many people care about one to two frames of input delay? Um, outside of the hardcore community, you know, uh, it, when it means that, it, it, yeah, I might have one or two more frames of input delay, but you know what I get? I get the next God of War game. So that's that's a big deal for a lot of people. You, you know, know they have... you know that uh, that's that's important to me. You're you're, oh, uh, yeah. you're playing well, on my heartstrings. And not only you, but a lot of people. That was recently voted like the best game of all time, right? Like, I mean, that's <laughs> that's high praise. So now, John, would you? I know you play mainly on on. PC, would you actually consider buying a PS5 to get some of those exclusive games? I bought a PlayStation 2 just to play Guitar Hero 3, and that was when, actually, PS3 and uh, 360 were out, but I just wanted to play Guitar Hero 3, and it was available, and that was, like, the cheapest way I could do it. I was much younger at the time, um, and uh, so that, I, I did that, and uh, then I got to play God of War, and that got me into the God of War series. And then I remember God of War 3 being on the PlayStation 3, which I did not have. I did not buy a PlayStation 3 to play God of War 3. I figured out another way to play it. And uh, that just went to my local arcade in the box spot where they would have consoles and you could pay for time there and, and play. And that's how I did it. And uh, I got a PlayStation 4 because of Street Fighter. Uh, but to answer your question, um, I, I do want to play the new God of War game. I would not be getting a PS5 for the sole reason of doing that. You'd have to have like 
four exclusive titles for me to really consider buying like an entire console, at least at this point in my life. And so, uh, no, I will not be buying a PS5 for the sake of God of War. And unless there is a handful of other Sony exclusive titles on that caliber, which I don't even think there are, um, then then you won't be seeing me get a PS5, at least not for those reasons. Yeah, it, it's it, those are good reasons for some people. And again, you know, I, I don't begrudge anyone that they're like, look, I, I got to play these games. It's like, yeah, I mean, get a PS5. It's fine. You know, it's like you, this is a this is a trade-off that everyone's got to make, you know, like, do you, you know, want to buy a PC and, you know, spend a bunch more? Or do you want to, you know, have a, buy a Sony console and have an inferior experience probably to everyone else, you know, kind of thing. Um, you know, maybe this comes out, I don't think it's going to come out on switch. You know, I don't know if it could run it, but maybe, you know, a Nintendo or a Capcom and Nintendo can surprise you on the stuff they release. But I, I haven't talked a lot about Microsoft now and here at the number four, I didn't want to talk about them. Microsoft's hardware still is not better than a PC. And if you're interested in running the game at like, let's say a full 60 frames per second, um, or even a higher frame rate, frame rate at 4K resolution with like ray tracing and a bunch of other features turned on, you're probably not gonna be able to do that on Microsoft's current consoles. Maybe MS can pull it off because like, you know, they do some kind of smoke and mirrors in terms of like, you know, what they do for full on ray tracing and all this kind of stuff. You're not getting kind of the same thing, but you, the, the Microsoft consoles are just very clearly not as powerful as a PC either. But Microsoft has done more to offset stuff like input delay issues. They actually have pretty good tech in there for that. Um, but you still have to pay for, you know, a fee for playing games online. And, and you're also not getting that amazing library of exclusive Sony titles that we've talked about before. So, but John, if you were going to buy a console, what right now, would it be Microsoft or Sony's? You know, I, I have to consider, I grew up as a Nintendo boy and there was that time where they kind of made it like you're either, you're, you play Nintendo games or you play uh, PlayStation games and there was some so that like kind of fake uh, rivalry or some or such. And I was always Nintendo, Nintendo. And then I, but I remember that I think the console that I played the most and had the most fun and the most hours of fun on was the Xbox 360. And I remember going from there to playing like Street Fighter 4 on PlayStation and then playing Street Fighter 5 exclusively on PS5 for a long time and just noticing how much longer load times were and, and things along those lines and just being kind of like, ah, this is just annoying. It's just so annoying. And it's like little things, but they add up. So uh, if I was going to get a, a new console, I would say, you know, I've my history has definitely been uh, much better with Microsoft than it has been Sony. So all things the same, I would definitely go Microsoft over Sony. Yeah, I, I don't care as much about those exclusive games because I don't play a lot besides fighting games. Uh, and so I'd lean MS2 because their, their hardware typically runs fighting games better. Um, but, you know, it... it... I, I'm looking for stuff like, you know, I'm, I'm mainly going to play on PC and if developers aren't going to do cross play, I'm probably not going to buy their product. You know, uh, there could be exceptions, but right now that needs to be the rule. You know, like we've we just kind of gotten to certain standards right now in the FGC. But, but yeah, my leaning would be towards um, MS as well. But uh, wait, hold on. I, I hear something. It's a bitch ass rage quitter. Uh, it's, ah, it's another one. So uh, this guy goes by the name guy or girl or they, them or whatever goes by the name King hco underscore pc and the thing about this is john you don't know this i've actually been playing with my family watching me more often i got a bluetooth speaker i hook it up and my baby daughter was sitting right there she's six years old she was watching me play and 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 this this person decided like i'm getting my butt kicked i quit my daughter started to cry 
She started to cry when this person rage quit. I'm kidding. She did not cry, but she did. She did say, Daddy, you should do the spiral move. You should do the, and boom, I did the EX spiral, knocked this person out. Uh, she called it. She, she's she got reads at even six years old, and she called it so well, this person dropped out of the match. Hit him she, right in the pride. <laughs> yeah, right in the pride, and you know what? Like, so... Who, next time you rage quit on me, you're not just rage quitting on me. You may be rage quitting on my kids too. And that's just messed up. So. Daddy, why is he such a bitch? <laughs> exactly. And, and but, sorry, honey, like I don't teach you that language yet, but pretty soon if you play fighting and games, and then you with have me, to ground her. Yeah. yeah because yeah. she's been using it. just so much negativity. You're just, you're just pouring that ink in the well, you jerks. Yep. Stop doing yep. that. Yeah. So if you get hit by an EX spiral, that could be my, da my daughter sitting right by me saying like, Hey, do that move. And, uh, she called it and it worked perfectly. So, um, so yeah, I've, I've got some little help on my side now. That's going to make me rage quit the next time I play you. If I know yeah. that that's what went down. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> All right. So back to it here, uh, finishing off the list. Number five, embracing PCs for tournament. This is potentially big in some circles. You know, if you play in the competitive scene, um, the FGC embracing playing fighting games on PC, especially in offline events, you talked about it before, there's been numerous issues with doing this in the past. And tournament organizers who have a big job on their hands making everything run smooth and all that kind of stuff, they said, look, configuration issues, the expense of having a bunch of strong PCs to like actually play on, it's a big deal. It's hard to do this. And flat out, it's been so hard to do this that they've basically stopped doing it. They almost always run on console. But... If there's enough demand from players and there's enough support from players, we're the FGC. We 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 freaking adapt. We get into this stuff and it's like if there's a problem, it's like, okay, is there enough motivation? Is there enough people trying to want to actively fix this problem? We overcome it. That is our, our traditional history here. And especially again with major sponsors like Intel, Alienware, and companies of that nature out there, um, they're they're spending big money on esports titles. So it's not a thing of if we can do it, it's just, do we have the, the, the grit to get through it? Can we push through this and make it a thing? But, but John, I know that this is a particular, uh, difficult one for you because you're one of the people I'm, I'm talking about when I say that, you know, they went to playing on PC and the experience was really rough. So like, what if the next offline tournament you ran was ran entirely on PC? Like there's probably a lot of trepidation from you there on if that would, you know, no, I, I expect, I, I hear what you're saying. And yes, I expect that there would probably be some bumps in the road and that sucks, but I think there would be necessary growing pains. And the more you figure out, oh, there's an issue here. Oh, there's an issue there. You can prepare for that in the future and in future iterations. And like people like Capcom can build their games with PC in mind. You can make waves like that or make progress like that, where you essentially make the whole process easier and so i think we just need to kind of dive in and try doing it and hopefully it's it's already easier than it was a few years ago when i first experienced it um those tournaments like yes there were a few times where we had to like oh we can't we need to alt tab out and check the drivers or restart the game and that's a little annoying but also the game boots up way faster on pc yeah. so there's that yeah. too um even then i was that was not a deal breaker for me i know that there were some issues with it and and maybe it was rough for other people but that wasn't a deal breaker and now knowing how much there is to gain of playing on pc over playing on sony consoles at least and i guess consoles in general we've established um, no it's it's totally worth it to wade through that muck figure out where the bumps in the road are so that we can smoothen them out 
And then ultimately, what are we going to have at the end of that is we're going to have a, the, the most effective and efficient platform to play our games on. So yeah. I wholeheartedly uh, uh, embrace it. I think that it needs to happen and uh, expecting that there should be some bumps. And that's that's fine. That's good. We'll figure them out. Yeah, uh, numerous other esports titles, they run great on PC. It's just a matter of finding a good happy medium out there. Um, and it's, as you say, there's going to be some bumps. We'll get through that, and then we're going to be all the better for it. And, you know, there there might be some cases to run it on console still, like where it makes sense. But overall, you know, if we can move to PC and get stuff set up in, in the right way, it's, it's kind of better for everyone. And, and some of these issues, like you and I have personally seen, top level competitors at Capcom Cup and we have spoken with them and they're like, my setup is lagging right now. And I can point at three different things that could be, and it's usually not the monitor, it could be the monitor, but oftentimes I honestly think it's been uh, the console they've been playing on. And, and it's just, you know, it's like, look, if you got a big beefy PC and you've got people who work on PC hardware all the time, they can get that sucker dialed in where you are having one of the best experiences you can have um, because it is just, super dialed in there's no delay there's no anything it's uh there's minimal i should say because if you play on you know the the crts the the standard monitors we use we, there's always some input delay right but it's it's just dialed into a heavy level uh with the stuff like nvidia what they're doing right now with you know uh input delay you know technology and stuff it's you can have an amazing experience on pc so anyway embrace the pc culture yep yeah, there it is. So, but you know, there there are other reasons again to buy a console. That's what we covered here today. If you want to get a, a you know Microsoft console, Sony console, it's fine. Just know the drawbacks going into it. Know what you're in for, and if you're good with that, then buy the hell out of it. You know, like if you can find them, buy the hell out of it. Like enjoy your experience, enjoy your God of War, enjoy whatever the MS equivalent it would be, like Halo, I guess, or something like that. The 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 Halo that they keep delaying and like keep redoing because it doesn't look good enough and all that. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> Look forward to that. And what I'm really hey, saying they're is, not taking the chicken out of the oven too early. I gotta yeah, get up on for that. MS and, and Microsoft, please sponsor the show because you know they <laughs> or Sony. Sony, you can if you want. <laughs> MS, or, yeah, MS and Sony. There we go. Anyway, all right, guys, that's gonna wrap us up. Uh, I'm discombobulated now because of all this like console talk and all this configuration. My my PC drivers are going crazy. I think I got a root kit now, so we're getting the hell out of here, and we will talk to you all. Soon. Watch your back door.